Welcome to the Words of Heart podcast. In this episode, we dive into a topic or story pertaining to mental health. This episode is accompanied with video and audio. However you choose to listen to this episode, sit back, relax, open your hearts and minds. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. everyone welcome to another episode of the words of our podcast i am your host Dion sanchez and joining me today is james case thank you for joining me today james great to be here thank you for having me awesome so james if you could tell my audience a bit about yourself that would be great sure well i i um kind of kind of an interesting varied and kind of uh eventful history um, but um, started back in Pennsylvania. I actually grew up, born in Tennessee, but grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, uh, the thrust of my, was a very pretty much normal middle-class upbringing, nothing too serious except uh, for the changes I was going through. And so um, when, uh, as I was coming into my teenage years, um, I came out in high school and, and then ended up leaving my parents' home sometime right around just before my 16th birthday and uh, had a situation where I had been sneaking out of the house at night to go to go corrals and party with friends as a young person. And, and uh, my mom kind of got tired of it. So she locked the screen door so I couldn't get in without knocking. <laughs> and so there I was at 1.30 or two o'clock in the morning standing outside of the house going, do I really want to do that? Or do I just want to be done? And I just decided to be done. And I walked away from their home, um, walked five miles to the nearest town and uh, carried on with my life, basically. Uh, My parents are amazing people. Uh, My dad actually passed about two years ago, but my parents were great parents. I mean, they were always present and uh, I was just apparently on an adventure of my own. And uh, so that led to, you know, some exploration. I ended up in New York uh, for a period of time after some amazing confluence of events that helped me connect to, at the time, because I thought I was gonna be an actor. 
connecting to a coach when I was working in New Jersey. That led to moving to New York. I got to experience and live in New York for uh, about a year and a half where I realized that I didn't have the skin to be an actor. (laughs) (laughs) After a year and a half of going, I don't think I can do with this. I realized that I couldn't. And, uh, and then surprisingly enough, I had a, I had a, another extraordinary experience of, uh, I wrote what I, I, it was a dear God letter. I was at a point and a frustration. I had separated, I separated the relationship with my coach, um, had realized that wasn't my path, sat down one night and penned a letter because I was just looking for anything to help shift where I was. And, uh, it, you know, the first four pages were, wham, wham, my life, man, wham, wham, you know, and, and crying big tears. And, and then uh, come around the end of the letter after I got all that out of the way, I, uh, I just came to a point of clarity. I said, look, I don't care what you do with me, God, do anything. Send me anywhere, but please, please, please do something. Because I just can't live with this, like, lack of direction and focus. And please help me. About uh, less than 24 hours later, I received a call from uh, the woman who was a profound teacher in my life, who also just passed two weeks ago. But um, uh, at the time, the person who liked me the least on the planet, um, (laughs) actually um, uh, called me um, because I knew she had come to stay with me for a little while in, in New York to uh, she was a teacher and a, and a, and a channel and, and, and a herbal herbologist. And so she had clients and things that she did. So she came and stayed with me earlier on and she was opening a center in Arizona. That 24 hour period that that took place in, she called to say, would you be willing to come to Arizona at the time to spend a couple months while they got the center off the ground, which was some of the people that she was working with in California. And I said, oh my God, yes, I, I can do that, but I need a couple months to sort myself out. And this was, I think on a Thursday. Um, by Tuesday, I was on a flight to Arizona. So my couple months ended up being five things to handle. I fambled them and then moved from New York to Arizona, never having been there. The other thing that happened along the way is that I had apparently gotten a, a really bad parasite when I was living in New York. And so I had what was called cryptosporidium. It was eating my intestines. And, and so I was losing weight. But I had also gone on a brown rice diet at the same time. So I thought I was doing really well, you know, because I was feeling good and looking good. And Except when I got to Arizona, I think it was about, my normal was around 165. I think when I landed in Arizona, I was about 120 at that point, 120 pounds. Um, That went down to about 110 pounds. um, And that started a a, a tremendous healing journey that I went on for quite a long time. Uh, There, I was at the center. I ended up staying at the center, became uh, director of aliveness therapy there. So we worked with everybody from everything from MS to AIDS to lupus to cancer to, and it was a combination of natural and allopathic therapies. And I was in charge of the physical therapies and I would take the guys out and run them all over Grand Canyon to remind them that they were still alive, you know, and, and uh, to help stimulate that change in them. So that went on for quite a while. I got, I ended up getting married to the woman who came, Mona, who came out to see me, the woman who was my teacher. We were married for 24 years and I lived in Arizona that time. And then life changed again. <laughs> and so in 2009, um, I mean, there was of course a lot of things, but in 2009, um, I was working in uh, San Diego and Las Vegas. I was living in Arizona and uh, I was, I decided to end our marriage. Um, it had gotten a little rough for the, for, five, for about four or five years before that. And um, at, Two weeks after ending the marriage, I was diagnosed with cancer. 
and went into cancer treatment for about three months of chemo and radiation uh, was anal cancer. And, and that was a, another pivotal point for me because I remembered sitting in the, in the parking lot of the doctor's office after I'd been diagnosed and, you know, tears running down my face and I'm thinking I got to call my mom. And at the same time, realizing exactly why I arrived where I was. Um, and it was never, it was not judgment or recrimination. It was just a clarity of having spent the last five years of our marriage creating nothing but darkness for both of us. And, and we, had been a, we had been a very powerful, very strong couple in, in this natural healing center. We had done tremendous work with people, had battled the FDA and the government and, you know, had gone through all of that process. But it seemed that toward the end, I was still struggling with, with um, my sexuality because she knew about my history prior to us getting together. Because um, like I said, I came out when I was in high school. And, um, and I realized part of the reason for the divorce was realizing that while I had been committed for 24 years, those last five years were a conflict for me because I was starting to realize that all the work that I had done on myself had brought me to this kind of crossroads where I had to make a decision about whether I was going to continue to be not true to myself or to be true to myself. And um, I didn't get married to Mona as a way to pray the gay away. It was where I felt I needed to be in the moment of my life. So at any event, um, that, that transpired and we moved on from there. And then I opened a center in San Diego after I moved from Phoenix, uh, where I was working with people um, activating and stimulating the prefrontal cortex of the brain in a process called higher brain living. Um, extraordinary process. I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people all around the country. Um, that evolved into my own program called the Science of Transformation. Um, which ultimately is about uh, changing our relationship with fear and opening up the energy system of the body so that we disconnect from the fight or flight mechanism as a way of being, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because we've been so trained into the fear model and into the fear, the fear structure on the planet through teaching, through school, through media, through, I mean, no matter where you look at it, everywhere you turn, somebody's throwing a fear ball at you be afraid of this, be afraid of that. So the, the platform became a very powerful platform for helping people to change that relationship with fear, but also how to reframe their current experience so that they could move forward in a way that blew their whole life experience out of the water because they were no longer encumbered by all this fear that was holding them back from their potential. So now I'm in, uh, three years ago, I moved to Colorado. Um, that was a big move from San Diego because the only reason I could, the only reason I was moving was because I couldn't find any energy in San Diego anymore. Uh, I'd been there for 10 years and I was finding myself just sort of stymied. And I thought I stuck with it for another year, a year and a half thinking, well, I, if it's me, I don't want to go somewhere else and just take my same problems with me. You know, I mean? <laughs> it's All not right. going to change anything. And realized finally in the end that it was the place. The place was not anymore really supporting my energy and the work I wanted to do. And so coming here to Colorado, again, completely shifted. It was the most miraculous and beautiful transition. Um, my partner and I, who we've been married now for 12 years, um, uh, it was a big leap, but an extraordinary leap that has just exploded our lives. And again, in ways that we could never have imagined but thankfully trusting that process brought us to here. So now I'm here, uh, published my book last September, which just completely blew my mind because it was never on my agenda to write a book. 
So, so then to have it happen and come into fruition was extraordinary. So um, really that's the end of it is, is that's really what it has all fine tuned the message of what I'm doing and why I'm, you know, why I'm here with you, why I'm, you know, doing the work that I'm doing is, is seeing how much people are impacted by, by the fear that is constantly thrown around and, and helping people to understand that you don't have to be, nor do you have to play in it, nor do you have to indulge it. Um, and, and let me show you how that happens so that you can step into your greatest potential as well. Absolutely. And I truly admire that. And you've gone through quite a bit of shifts in your life. And (laughs) I truly commend you for seeing it as an opportunity for growth and discovery and healing. And considering um, what you're about as far as fear and helping people attack it or not be submerged in it. Um, With the pandemic that's going on still, unfortunately, we're about two years into it. Um, do you think people are ex- dealing or expressing a great deal of fear considering the mayhem that's still surrounding our world right now? Yeah, you know, this is a very interesting time because from my perspective, see what happens when you stop living in the fear bubble is you, is you come back to a place of, of what I call the observer. And the observer is not, is not removed from life but the observer is detached from the goings on out here because what you recognize is that what you perceive is all based on your thoughts, beliefs, ideas, and concepts of how you feel about self and, your, and, and the way you've been brought up and all those things. But perception is nothing more than you reflecting back to you, your core belief systems and your core energy. So Yes, we are dealing with with very interesting, troubling, frustrating, crazy times. But the other side of that, from my perspective, is that what we are really dealing with is an identity crisis. And that is the identity of who am I? We've been drilled to believe that it's all about sacrificing self for the many. We've all been drilled into this idea that it's about the self doesn't matter, but everybody else does. And, and I can tell you honestly, and, and I apologize in advance, but it's total bull. It's total crap. Because the reality is if I can't show up in my fullness, I have nothing to offer. If I can't show up in the greatest expression of who I am, I have nothing to bring the world. So getting here and lined up with myself, lining myself up with my greatest potential, whether you call it your higher self, whether you call it God, whether you call it Jesus, whether you call it Buddha, I don't care. Call it whatever you want but pull that power forward for yourself so that you can see this as an opportunity to understand humanness so much more deeply so that when we strive to reach out and connect, we're connecting from a heart space and not from a head space because the head space is where fear still infiltrates. So instead of aligning in thought, we align in, we align in heart, we align in love, we align in a, a different place that is not fear. And, and yes, there's all kinds of places you can look around and go, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And my honest opinion is stop looking there. Stop paying attention to it. Live your life. If you sit in your world and you look around, what you see, now you may be experiencing firsthand experiences of the pandemic in the sense that people right next to you or yourself are going through the process that is still a process of evolution. That is still a process of growth and change. 
if you can remain there. So you are not being, uh, again, if you're coming from the victimization perspective, you're in fear. If you think you're a victim of the pandemic, if you think you're a victim of the government, if you think you're a victim of the, the, the shot, if you're a victim of whatever, you are in fear. Because truly, if you look at your particular life, the chances are good, you're not really affected by any of it except for the attention that you pay to it. Am I saying to be belligerent or, or ignoring the fact that those things are happening? No. I'm saying, how do you engage them differently so that it isn't, I walk out the door terrified every time I walk out the door. Who am I going to be in contact with? If I go here, am I going to get sick? If I, you know, <laughs> all of those types of things. Because the illness is not something from the outside in. The illness is attracted because it's an energy. It resonates. If you resonate with, with it, you bring it, you connect to it. And it's there to take you to a new place, not to harm, not to, not to do damage, as it were. So I don't know if I made that clear, but if I can clarify it through you, I'm happy to do that. Um, I just have a very different perspective of it all. Um, not Pollyanna either. I'm, I'm, I'm realistic in about it, but I don't choose to play in the fear game about it. Um, I think you clarified it um, fairly well as far as not tapping into the fear. Um, mm -hmm. Just to give you a little insight into me. Um, yeah. I actually got diagnosed with diabetes at the start of the pandemic in 2020, which mm -hmm. wasn't an ideal time to be diagnosed with anything health related. <laughs> um, and I really easily could have tapped into the fear. Many of my family took this particular news badly because I had many health issues and that hindered my um, development growing up and made life difficult and continued to make it difficult. So the fact that I was at this point in my life where things seemed relatively somewhat normal and I didn't really have to have any hindrance to have to undergo this drastic health change was not something my family wanted. But um, if it wasn't for my diagnosis, I could have died. Um, that was the sad reality you mentioned, um, drastic weight change. Um, I had to undergo that same experience, but it was really my body eating itself from the inside out and sickening and basically inevitably possibly turning me into dust. I, yeah. thought, oh, I look oh, I look skinny. I look good, but um, <laughs> it's not the right type of skinny I want. So <laughs> look at but, those cheekbones. I was looking sexy and you know, I hear you. I hear yes. you. But um, I took my experience and my circumstances as a blessing, not mm -hmm. a curse and just made the best of my circumstances and didn't really give in to the fear of it. Who knows? Um, I will admit the fact that I had to acclimate to this new change during this pandemic when there was no vaccine yet didn't make didn't put my mind sure. at ease at times I'll just be pretty honest but heck yeah um, I certainly um relied on God and my heart to help me through this new change and not so much my mind yeah if that makes may, sense may, may I clarify something sure because I want to I want to make sure that people don't there, there is no victim bashing in this situation right it's I, I am not claiming that you will never experience fear. What okay. I'm saying is how do you deal with what that stuff shows up? Your mind goes there, right? The whole point of your mind is really sort of a soldier gatherer, as it were. It's it to me, your mind is 
the thing that is that it is the consciousness that is connected to the physical body. So different from the soul or the spirit or however the, the higher self, however you want to look at that. I see the ego. I see that part of us, the mind is, is what is mo what is, excuse me, what is born of the fact that we are a physical body. We have a physical vessel that has a consciousness called the ego. Its job is to keep the body on the planet. That's all it does. Its job is to, to use our eyes, ears, taste, touch, smell, perceive the environment and make sure there's no threat to, the, to, the, to us. So when you're focused into that all the time, you're always in that fight or flight space. You're always, and the mind is simply going into the subconscious and looking for evidence to support whatever your, whatever your prevailing belief is. Well, as we move through the world, we interact with people, it pings things that, you know, old beliefs, new beliefs. And it's just a question of when that energy shows up, what do you do? Do you, do you react to it or do you go, oh, okay, my mind is trying to tell me I should be aware of something here, as opposed to my mind is trying to get me to be afraid. So neutralize the experience. Yes, your, your, your chemistry is changing and you're going through whatever, but I never in any way want you to think that you will never be in touch with fear. Okay. It's how you deal with the fear. It's how, you, it's how you change your relationship with it. It doesn't run your experience. It informs your experience. Totally different things. So that you can separate out what's truly danger from what's just the mind making stuff up. <laughs> I'm, that really helps and i'm sure it helps my listeners as well that you yeah yeah, yeah. Right. i mean fear is a part of our everyday life that's just as the reality of it but yeah. how we react to it is really what determines um how it plays a factor i feel in our lives absolutely and congratulations to you for walking a very challenging path um <laughs> because the other thing i'll tell you is that i, I won't say that a lot of this has been easy. Actually, much of it has been not easy um, for me in my path of things that I've described about my life and all the in-between places. Um, but easy doesn't mean it was hard. Not being easy doesn't mean it was hard, but it was challenging. And sometimes it was freaking hard um, because when you're confronting those parts of self and when you're confronting a physical problem and when you're trying to figure out how to sift and sort through those things, goodness gracious, you know, the stuff is flying all over the place. But again, it's what is the things that you're doing as an individual to, to, uh, to, to create a space so that you can get distance. So that's where I think a daily practice is really important, whether you're doing breathing or yoga or whatever exercise you do, the things that help you create that solidity of your space so that when the fear comes, you can keep it here, keep it at a distance, basically, because you can observe it and then you can choose how to engage with it rather than it slapping on, you know, you know what I mean? Like right, like right out of Star Trek, you know, and like, <laughs> like, you know, that's what you don't want. So that's, that's the difference is that it's not, you don't wake up one day and, and suddenly you don't have to deal with it. It's, it's a process. It's building new muscles, building that strength and being the observer more. And, you know, and you have a push pull for a while and it gets better and better and better and better. So um, you know, it's, it's not a flip a switch and it's gone. We, we've had too much programming and too much, too much history for, not, not that it can happen, but I don't, right. many of us, I don't think have that ability to just stop everything and shift, you know? Right. Uh, well, James, this has been so much fun, but I'm on to the icebreaker portion of this oh, right. episode. 
Um, my icebreaker question for you is if you have to come up with, a, and you are an author, so I feel like this is pretty easy. <laughs> if you had to come up with a chapter or title for where your life is at right now, what would it be? My world is good. Okay. My world is good. I have a, it's, it's actually funny that you asked the question because part of, uh, uh, in my, uh, media stuff as a you know as i do my promotions and things for my very for the show and for the book and all that stuff um i have hashtag my world is good is is a is a program that i developed in january um as a means of combating the excessive cr negative creation that i was observing particularly you know as we were going through trump time and all this the divisiveness that was growing and all the craziness and i thought you know this is making me nuts because how can somebody, something so negative be able to create so powerfully? And here I am, I wanna make a shift, but I don't wanna go, I'm not interested in going into politics. I wanna make the world a better place. And I was inspired in through a meditation to this idea of my world is good. And that's truly where I feel because every day, that's what I'm focused into, my world is good. And bringing that goodness on the planet as best as I can through my life and through my heart and through my people and my world and I think the more of us that do that, the more we come together to create a tipping point of shifting that negativity in the mass consciousness to a more, to a focus in goodness instead of a focus in separation. Absolutely. And I strongly agree with that. And that sort of ties in to my title a little bit. Yeah. My title and chapter for my life and where it's at right now is basically being a warrior for change. Nice. Um, that word was really placed on my heart when I got diagnosed um, with my diabetes, God calling me to be more vocal and to use the power of my voice for good. And um, really my diagnosis is a blessing because if yeah. I hadn't been diagnosed, I could have died. So all the experiences, and I only told you one small tidbit of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I've undergone a lot in my life and it's all shaped me into who I am right now. The good, the bad, the ugly, the fear, the non-fear everything has played a significant factor into who I am right now. So I think mm -hmm. being a warrior for change really um, symbolizes who I am and where my life is at right now. I love that. That's powerful. It's, I love it. And it sounds like even as you talk about it, I can, I feel that because that's what I do, that, that I feel that, that, that uh, synergy, you know, that, that, feeling yeah. of this is where my life has brought me to and I am empowered from this space um, instead of I feel desperate and I'm reaching from this place you know um, so that's awesome love that thank you so on to the fun icebreaker game okay. <laughs> I'm ready I think <laughs> so this icebreaker game is called song association um, okay. you don't have to be an avid singer to, to understand this game. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. But basically how the game works is I give you a word. Okay. And then you either say it, sing it, or rap it. Um, okay. Again, you don't have to be an avid singer, but if you want to sing it, feel free. Again, um, <laughs> it's an open form of comfort and acceptance on my podcast. So <laughs> no judgment here, just laughs. <laughs> um, anyhow, I give you the word and you either have to say the song title or 
have the song title mentioned in the lyrics. So it can the word could based off the word I give you, it can be in the song title or in the lyrics. So am I am I making up a song or am I picking a song that I know? You're picking a song that you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> The catch, though, is um, because life isn't easy, so this game shouldn't be easy. Um, you have 15 seconds. Okay. To, based off of the word I give you, to come up with the song in the title or in the lyrics, however, whatever song you know. Okay. Before the timer goes off. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let me get my timer. All right. So the first song is Heart. Um, heart, heart, uh, uh, heart of heart of my heart. I love you. Life would be not without you. Light of my life, my darling, I love you, I love you. It's a barbershop song, but I think I mixed up the words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'll, gi I'll give you that. You, you, you were able to, you sung it. And I sung it. <laughs> you sung it um, before the timer went off. And I, I, I feel like that, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay, all right. I believe that that's an actual song from <laughs> No, it, it actually is. Um, it, it's a... I sang in a barbershop quartet for about seven years, and so it is a song that is a core song of the of the barbershop harmony. Uh, there's like a, a collection of like ten or twelve songs that they use for new people to learn how to how to harmonize in four in four parts. So it's, Man, okay. you're going to be really good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> so the next word is words w-o-r-d-s words mm -hmm. words hmm. um i got nothing um sorry i got nothing on that one well i can give you um the answer other guests have given i love it i just went on. completely blank on that um one. Some of the previous answers has been like the song More Than Words by the band Extreme. Oh, oh, I love that song. And that's what oh. is that is that the more than words? Um yeah. There's another one that's the duo, uh that harmony. Um I mean I have another version of the song. Um I guess I could try to play it. Normally I don't play songs. Oh, it's okay. No, it's okay. It, it, it just I was that when you said that it reminded me of then. I mean, I know there's many versions of the song. I just know when people get to this part of the... Yeah. So, all right. So the last word is... Oh, yeah. I'm get this one. I'm gonna get this one. <laughs> See, this is a fun game. The last word is change. Oh, my goodness. Change, uh, uh, change, change, change. Uh, uh, isn't it wonderful? Uh, uh, oh, I was, I was going with David Bowie. Um, changes, yeah. I can't give you that. One. Oh, 
I wish I'd have got the word out first. Darn it. Uh, see, it was oh, a wow. fun game. One, one and a half out of three. <laughs> I had it. I just didn't get it out fast enough. That is fun. That's a really interesting game. Um, it really yeah. to let your mind find the connection to that to that word is like oh oh you don't realize how much you pay attention or don't pay attention until you have to find that word in a song <laughs> absolutely i feel like this is the best game i literally introduced i love it season and it involves looking into words and song lyrics which is perfect because of the name of my podcast so yeah. i'm glad you enjoyed the game unfortunately we can't keep reaching the circumferences of our minds for music all day long because we're at the end of this episode um do you have any social media links where people can find your book what is your book called for my listeners before we wrap up here my book is called fear is a choice unraveling the illusion of our separation from love it is, uh, it's available on Amazon and all those places. Um, www.fearisachoicebook.com is where you can get the book. There's testimonials, there's links there. There's all kind of good stuff. Um, I do a show two days a week, a live show called Adventures in Truth Livecast. And that's, uh, uh, you can find that at adventuresintruth.com. And then uh, my program, The Science of Transformation is at thesciencetransformation.com. So any of those places you can reach me if you have comments. And of course, all of those are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those places, uh, all the same, all the same places you can find me there. Awesome. Thank you for joining me today, James. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you. Great to be here. And I so appreciate you having me. And uh, I love talking to you as well. I love your energy. And I, I appreciate uh, your, your, your time and, and letting me be here. No problem. To all my listeners, thank you for tuning into this latest episode of the Words Apart podcast. If you enjoyed it, if you want to subscribe, retweet, send it to the moon. If you do figure out how to send it to the moon, please let me know because that would be awesome. But however you choose to share it, please do. You can find us on Facebook at the Words Apart podcast. We are also on YouTube under the same name. And of course, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you would like to share your thoughts as to how this podcast or episode has resonated with you, you can do so on my social media handles. I am HeartWarrior25 on Instagram and HeartWarrior24 on Twitter. Either way, um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, James Case, for joining me in this episode. And once again, stay healthy, stay safe. Um, Please don't let fear rule your life. Um, Figure out a way to tackle it because it is not you. It's only a part of you, if that makes sense. I hope I didn't mix up your analogy. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. Um, Either way, um, stay healthy, stay safe. And until next time. Bye. Bye.